Anyway, I prepared the word and I trust God is going to speak to you today. I hope you're going to, um, um, you, you came ready to receive, ready to, to, to hear what God wants has to say uh, for the year, for the coming year and um, whatever he's, you've gone through so far. Amen? Alright, the text this morning is from uh, 1 Samuel 10. It's about Samuel and Saul. I'm going to give you a quick background about the story, then we get into the text, okay? So, the people of Israel, they wanted a king. Before this, uh, they had no king. God will rule over Israel with his prophet Samuel, all right? But um, Samuel wasn't a very good dad, so, and, and so his sons wasn't, weren't very good sons. He wanted the sons to take over. The people said, no, we don't want your children. Give us a king. So Samuel was upset. God was upset. But God said, they have not rejected you, they have rejected me. It's okay. So God blessed them with a king. The first king they ever had, his, and his name was, anybody knows? Saul, yes, that was the first king. So he still answered their prayer and he gave them a king, right? And he was the best king. It says in the word that he was handsomest in all Israel. And he was the tallest, head and shoulders above everyone, all right? Like, uh, like, uh, like uh, better looking than Gaston, my wife's favorite uh, Disney villain. So, here is Saul, Gaston, handsome, tall, muscular. God chose him to lead as king. Then, but then, then you can understand why when uh, later Samuel chooses another king, nobody considers David. Everybody thought it's David's elder brother because David's elder brothers were tall, handsome, you know. But then they choose a kuchi rat. <laughs> but see, that's how God works, you see. He doesn't use the same formula that he did last time for the new season. Amen? Amen? He's doing a new thing. Amen? He always does a new thing. He is a creative God. Whenever he works, it's a new thing. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than ours. Amen? Get ready for new things. Alright, back to the story. So Samuel, he took a flask of oil and he anointed Saul as king. Okay? And he gave him instructions. After this, you're going to walk here. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. You're going to meet these people. You're going to find the donkeys that were missing and, and all these things. But um, then we go straight into the text, which is 1 Samuel 10 verse 9. So it was when he had turned his back to go from Samuel that God gave him another heart or a new heart. When he had turned his back to go away from Samuel, God gave him a new heart. Okay, so Samuel prophesied a lot of things over Saul. A lot of good things. You're going to be king. You're going to get uh, this blessing. You're going to prophesy. You're going to do all this thing. But all that could only happen when he turned his back and walked away. When he turned his back to walk away. Right now, we, there's a lot of things that we need to turn our back and walk away from as we enter the new year, the new decade. God has a lot of wonderful things ahead of you, but you need to turn your back to the old and move on to the new. You know what I'm saying? It's nice to hear all the promises. It's nice to hear, wow, I'm going to be king. Wow, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get that. I'm going to prophesy. It's nice. So, so you sit there and listen, 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 receive, receive, receive. But nothing will happen unless he turned his back and walked into the blessing. Amen? It's time for us in this season to turn our back from the listening, listening, receiving, receiving, to turn our back and walk into the blessing. You see, when David, David and Goliath, you all know the story of David and Goliath? Yes? All right, when David went to the, to the battle area, right, he brought bread to give his brothers. And then he heard about Goliath. And then he heard about what happens if you kill Goliath. 
you get to marry the princess. And he got excited. So he went around asking, hey, is, it, is this true? Is this what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? If anyone kills the giant, you get to marry the princess and your family gets exempted from tax. And he goes around and asks another guy, is it true? Tell me what happened. Tell me what happened. So the guy said, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what's going to happen. You're going to marry the princess. Then his brother scolded him. Hey, what are you doing? Get out of here. You know, it's a big people. Off my mic. <laughs> okay. So, but then he went ahead and keep asking, keep asking, keep listening, keep listening. What's going to happen? It's nice to hear all the rewards. Nice to hear all the blessings. And then he decides, I'm going to take the giant. Amen. So in this season, there are giants for us to take. It's, Lord, I'm turning my back on just hearing. Now is the time where I do it. It's the time I'm going to take down giants. I listen to all your promises, how good you are, how great your plans are for me. But in this season, it's time to turn our back on the old and walk into it. Amen. Things that benefited you for a while is not going to benefit you in the next season. Amen. It's time to say goodbye. Relationships that hold you hostage, mindsets that you need to change. Time to say goodbye. Time to break free from addictions that have been holding you back. Hello. We need to turn our back towards it and walk into everything God has for us. Because the season of clinging to His promises Listening to His promises is now changing to a season of walking in His promises. I say it again. Huh? The season of clicking to His promises, I believe one day you're going to do something, it's going to change into a season of walking in His promises, living in His promises. Amen, church? It's time to increase your expectations. It's time to walk into His promises. Saul cannot be like, Keep telling me, keep telling me, keep telling me, Samuel. Keep telling me. I like to hear. Someone, someone, what's going to happen? Someone, someone, what's going to happen? I was talking to this pastor friend of mine um, last week and uh, we were discussing about how God says, um, how Jesus says, I come to give you life and life more abundantly. Amen? A rich and satisfying life. Now the question is, where do you get this life? Is it here or after you die? Here. Here. Because the same text is talking about the, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. The rich and satisfying life here. The thief steals, kills, and destroys you where? When you go to heaven? No, here. So when I give you life, where? In heaven? No, here. Right now, we are meant to thrive. We are meant to live a rich and satisfying life. Can somebody say amen? Help me preach this morning. Amen. Here and now, not in the sweet by and by, one day when I go to heaven, oh, that's where I have abundant life. No, that's where you have eternal life. Read your Bible. That's eternal life. But the rich and satisfying life, beautiful families, beautiful relationships, beautiful life is here. That is His plan for your life. It's not good enough hearing about this. It's not good enough listening about this. We need to experience it. And now, God is going to do something in us. Amen? Turn our back on the good and go for the great. Our mindsets needs to be changed. Amen? What are you clinging to that God says it's time to let go? It's time to let go. Maybe it's not just 2019. Maybe it's something somebody said in your youth, in the year 2000, in the 80s, in the 90s. My mother shared this morning in a pre-service on how, as a child, she was seven years old and she's holding this small um, bowl of rice. They were living in the Kongsi. If you don't know what a kongsi is, ask Pastor Stephen to translate for you, he can. But, but they were living there and she was holding this hot bowl and she dropped it at seven years old. And ever since then, her mother scolded her, you butterfingers. 
Butterfingers, Butterfingers, not the band. Huh? Butterfingers, you keep dropping things, you keep dropping things. So her whole life, in, and it went through her adulthood, where she keep dropping things, because she always believed she's Butterfingers. I cannot hold things one, she will fall. I cannot play sports, I can't catch the ball, the ball will fall. What was that? Somebody put a label on her as a child and she carried with it, carried it with her for the rest of her adulthood. But now no more. La. Now she's iron fist. <laughs> Very strong already. Her grip, she got kung fu grip now. But turn your back on what people have spoken over your life. Labels that they have put on you, turn your back on it. It's done. It's gone. If it's good, okay, fine. If it's bad, leave it there. Turn your back on it and walk into what God says about you. Amen. Sometimes God will close doors over your life. Sometimes things will happen. Like um, earlier this year, our church, our homeschool had to close. All right. We have our own homeschool and we have to close. And my kids and my, uh, my sister's kids were attending this school. So, and it was an abrupt close, suddenly close. So we were looking for a school. Thank God they found a new school. But um, they missed the first term. See, uh, my two girls missed the first term. And uh, the way the school works is, Married start from the beginning of the year, you see. So she came in late, so she already missed some merits already. She's below everybody else. And um, she is doing a few grades above her age. So everybody in the class is older. I'm talking about Mia. Everybody in the class is older. Everybody is uh, advanced and her, and she was a few merits behind. And her friends encouraged her, never mind, you came late. No, it's okay. What? But the thing is, by the end of the year, my daughter, Mia, became top student, student of the year top in all the subjects, so many subjects, you know, and uh, all glory goes to God, not how great Mia is, but how great God is. You see, God had to close the homeschool so she can go out to the real world and see if you're really good or you're just a jago kampung. You know, it's a jago kampung or not? If you all don't know, Pastor Stephen can translate. <laughs> jago kampung. My dad used to say, your kingdom in the, when, I ran, when I ran in school last time and I would win or something or what, then my dad would say, the one-eyed man is king in the kingdom of the blind. <laughs> You're very terrible because all of them maybe shorter than you, smaller than you, that's why you're a hero there. But you see, but that is Jago Kampong, Stefan. Um, village champion for Stefan and his parents from Germany. <laughs> so it's time, how did I go there? It's time to turn your back on the good and go for the great. Sometimes we don't even turn our back, but God forces you to turn your back so that you can walk into something that's better for you. Amen? Amen? So it was when he had turned his back to go from Samuel that God gave him another heart. This is the second point, really. God gave him another heart or a new heart. The same way God wants to give you a new heart for this season. Nothing wrong with your old heart. Your old heart was fine for the past seasons, but in the new season where you're entering into, the new level of blessing, where you're going to have a higher call, where you're going to have a bigger dream, where you're going to have more influence, where you're going to have more authority, more favor, more anointing, your old heart isn't going to cut it. God gave Saul a new heart for the new season. When you become king, you need a new heart, another heart, a bigger heart. Amen? The same way, you are going to need a new heart. You're going to see things that you didn't see before. It will open your eyes to see how you can be a blessing to others. How you can be, how you are blessed to be a blessing. How you can be an answered prayer to somebody. Amen? Like Saul was an answered prayer to the kingdom of Israel. You know? 
You're going to have more passion for people. You're going to feel things you never felt before. This is the new heart. You're going to have a bigger heart for the poor, a bigger heart for the suffering, a heart for the less fortunate. You see, in 1 Samuel 11, it talks about the Ammonites. They came and they want to attack one of the Israelite towns, okay? The town was um, Jabesh Gilead. And all the men, they, they said, let's make a covenant with the Ammonites so they don't wipe us out, okay? Don't kill us. Let's make a covenant. Let's be friends, the Israel people said. But the Ammonite was very, very anxious. <laughs> he said, okay, I can be your friend, but first, I'm going to gouge all of your right eyes out. Everybody's right eye, take out and give me in this land. And then we'll make a covenant. So the <laughs> Israelites said, what? <laughs> okay, chill. Wait, give me seven days. I see anybody want to help us or not, then I come back to you. So they all went home and they cried. They wept. The Bible says they wept. Now, in verse 5, do you have it up there? In verse 5, now there was Saul coming behind the herd from the field. And Saul said, what troubles the people that they weep? And they told him about the whole story, the man of uh, Jabesh. And then the Spirit of God came upon Saul when he heard this news, and his anger was greatly aroused. He got really mad. Suddenly, this news affected him so much. He got so angry. He got so upset. What happened? This was his new heart. God activating a new heart in him. A heart sensitive to God and sensitive to his people. Just like Saul, suddenly you're going to find yourself worked up in the face of injustice. This is not right. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. That is God working on your heart, stirring you up to do something. When there's a need, suddenly you're going to be ready to step into the need. That is God going to be working in you, a bigger level than before. Amen? It's going to stir your heart for the kingdom. Then, then you know the new heart is activated. Last time you don't care. Never mind lah, nothing do it me. But now suddenly, you get so upset. How can like this? I'm going to speak up. I'm going to do something for God. You know, he uses circumstances. He uses the word. He uses people to stir things up in us. A few weeks ago, I read this um, verse in uh, Isaiah 58. You have it up there? Isaiah 58, uh, 6 to 7. It's okay. I'll just read it. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To lose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked, that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Amen? Now, I've read this verse like, a hundred times because I, I love the Old Testament. I spent a lot of time in the Old Testament, especially Isaiah and the Psalms and, and the Prophets books. But suddenly this thing <laughs> jumped out at me. You know, when was the last time I opened my house to the poor? Like, whoa, bring, your, bring to your house the poor who are cast out. When was the last time I opened my house to the poor? I opened my house for cell group. La. They're not poor. <laughs> they're all quite well-to-do. <laughs> and they're all quite makan. But, but I opened my house for parties. I opened my house for guest speakers when they come. But when was the last time you opened your house for the poor? I was like, whoa, this is God speaking to me. What is that? That's a new heart that He's activating in me. Amen? Amen. Just like how He can convict me over a, a small scripture, something jump at me. He's going to do the same with some of you individuals. Amen? And then you embrace it. 
you know, I got convicted, immediately did something, went online, did some online transfer, give where I'm supposed to give, do what I'm supposed to do, change my mindset, open my house, do other things, you know. You see, feel things that you never felt before. It's not me, it's the Lord. He's going to stir things up in you in this new season. You're going to shock yourself. You're going to shock pastor maybe. <laughs> you want to do something, pastor, I want to do this. Pastor will get a shock, but he'll recover. You're going to shock your wife, so maybe you don't need to tell her. <laughs> just, <laughs> just do it. It says you break every yoke. That means you set people free. Amen? Can we do that for somebody? Yes? God has a way of stirring things up inside of you. In the book of Judges, there was a man named Gideon. Okay? Gideon was trashing wheat at the bottom of the wine press. He was hiding because uh, it was a very, very hard time. The Midianites would come and they will take everything. Eh? And they were a huge army. It was the Midianites, it was the Amalek people, it was the people of the East. The word says they would attack Israel, destroying all the crops, take all their cattle, take all their livestock, leave them with nothing. No, no cows, no sheep, donkey. So they take everything so that they would have nothing to eat. That's why he was hiding somewhere, trashing his wheat, you know, trying to get food. But suddenly the angel of the Lord appears to Gideon and he says, Gideon, you mighty hero, God is with you. Here's Gideon hiding somewhere, afraid, scared. And then the angel says, hey Gideon, you mighty hero, you mighty warrior, God is with you. Gideon says, where? <laughs> where is God? If God is with me, then why is this happening? Why is that happening? How, is, how, how am I a hero? And then he goes on to say, I'm the least of my tribe, you know. But cut the long story short, later on he led 300 people and he wiped out the army. And the army was as huge as, as locusts. Huh? That means you can't even count them. A big, huge army like the movie 300. Who watched the movie 300? Oh, okay, repent after this. Huh? But <laughs> I love the movie 300. Blood and cut in. But the thing is, Gideon won. He didn't die like uh, Gerard Butler. He won. He and the 300, they beat and defeated them. He was a mighty hero. But how it all started was God called him a mighty hero first. While he was scared, while he was hiding, God called him out as a mighty hero. God never called him, hey, cowardly Gideon. Hey, hiding Gideon. Hey, least of your tribe, Gideon. What are you doing hiding here? No, no, no. He called him a mighty hero. Amen? The same thing is when he's going to stir things up inside of you, He's going to call you mighty. You're not the least of your tribe, Ravi. <laughs> You're not coward, Stephen. <laughs> You're not chicken souping. Or maybe chicken soup souping, I don't know. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but he's going to call you mighty warrior, Stephen. Highly favored, Ravi. Amen. Deeply loved Sam. Is Sam in church today? Hi, Sam. Amen. You are a conqueror, a winner, a champion. Jesus says, the word says you are an overcomer. You are anointed. That's how he calls you. That's how he stirs you up. Allow his voice to call things out in you. Allow his word to call things out in you. Don't say I'm scared, I'm not qualified, I'm too old, I'm too poor, I'm not connected, I'm too rich, I have no time for this. No, God says you can. God says, my grace is sufficient for you. Amen. The word says you have the mind of Christ. Woo! 
We have the mind of Christ. You know? Don't, 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 don't just, okay lah, I got the mind of Christ. What is Christ thinking about? No, 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 no. You have the mind of Christ means you can understand the things of God. You can understand things. You have wisdom that normal people will not have. Amen? That's how God addresses you. That's how God calls you out. How did Jesus address Peter? How did Jesus address Peter? Um, in, I'm, I'm talk, talking about in Matthew 16, 16, 16, he says, Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen. He says, Blessed are you, Peter. You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. He didn't call him scared Peter, shy Peter, sink in the ocean Peter, cut people's ear off Peter, fish all night, caught all fish Peter. <laughs> he didn't call him that. He called him blessed. He called him on this rock I will build my church. He didn't say, you're going to deny me three times, all that all, uh, later. But, <laughs> but the thing is, when he calls him, that's how God addresses people. That's how Jesus addresses people. He's a positive God. Amen? He doesn't harp on our, neg- on our negative things, harp on your weaknesses, harp on how not good you are, not qualified you are. No, that's not our God. Our God is positive. Amen? So shouldn't we be like our God? Be positive? Yes, lift people up. Don't shoot people down. How did Jesus address Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus, the tax collector, he climbed the sycamore tree, looking at Jesus. He wanted to see what's up. Jesus didn't go there. Hey, Kataya, short fella, come here. Hey, con man, come down. What are you doing there? No. He said, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm coming to your house. I'm coming to your house today. I'm coming to your house to stay. You know? And everybody got so angry. Jesus, you are a holy man. Why are you going to hang out in his house? This guy is a thorough fella. He cheats so many people. He's a con man. He's a cheat. He stole my money. He did all these things. And he works for the government. He did all... But Jesus said, I'm coming to his house. I'm coming to his house. And then Zacchaeus says, you know what? I'm going to give half of my wealth to the poor. And everybody I cheated, I'm going to give back four times the amount. Zacchaeus said it like that. What does it mean? What does it mean? It means when Jesus said, I'm coming to your house, he didn't say, you clean your house first, you settle your account first, then only I come in. Your life is a mess, you're a cheat, you're a con man, you clean everything, settle everything, and then I will come. No! In your mess, I want to come. In your nonsense, I know you're cheating people, you think Jesus don't know, I know, but yet I want to come to your house. So don't wait till, oh, go ahead, God, I'm going to clean this thing in my life, I'm going to get this thing, I'm going to get my life straight first, and then I'm going to do more for you. No, 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 it's not going to happen. And Jesus is not scared of your mess. He's not afraid of your troubles. He wants to come in. Like how he went to Zacchaeus' house, a sinner's house. Hey, people cannot accept, but Jesus can accept. How good is our God? Amen? That is our God. You cannot get your life straight by yourself. Forget it. We all need a Savior. Amen? We need a Savior. We need Jesus. A new heart is waiting for you. And He knows how to call things out in you. He knows how to call things out in you. Ravi, come. Mr. Ravi, huh? I'm going to use him as illustration for a while. This is Ravi, my friend. Round of applause for him. Come here, come here, come here, come here. <laughs> Straight on to play piano. Relax. 
Years ago, we were at a church camp. About I think this was like uh, 20 years ago. And uh, we were at an altar call. <laughs> and we were praying, right? Very strong anointing and presence of God. And I was praying for him. I was in the back of him. I was praying for him. And I felt a very strong, um, uh, like, uh, like in my heart, to just say that God wants to tell him that he's beautiful. Chill, chill. <laughs> I felt like God wants me to tell him that he's beautiful. Now, there's a lot of ways I can describe him, but beautiful is not one of the things that I would have chosen. <laughs> you know, I could say he's, <laughs> he's funny, he's talented, he's kind, he's a good friend, he's generous, he's a hard worker, but I wouldn't use the word beautiful, la, you know. You know what I mean? <laughs> Even his mom wouldn't use the word beautiful. She would say, my handsome son, this one. Such a cute, handsome boy, a man after my own heart. <laughs> Auntie, that was my impression of Auntie, Jean, Auntie Ranjini. So, but God calls him beautiful. Okay? God calls out things in him that nobody can see. <clears throat> but when he plays the keyboard, go and play, go and play. <laughs> Do some work. When Ravi gets on the keyboard, when he starts worshipping God on the keys, that's the beauty that God calls out in him. Everybody can see that. It's an anointing. It's beautiful. Ravi, show some skills. This is Ravi. beautiful. Round of applause for Ravi. You see, he designed each and every one of us uniquely. All of us are unique. You see, it says in uh, Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship, his masterwork, a work of art created by Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works that God has prepared for us. Amen in a New Living Translation, shorter version. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do good things He planned for us long ago. Amen. You are unique. You are special. There's only one you. Don't look at yourself and say, I'm not qualified. Other people better than me. I don't deserve this. No, you deserve this. God loves you so much. He paid the price for you with, with His Son. Amen? Don't disqualify yourself. You know, the scripture says, love your neighbor as yourself. Correct or not? Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you don't love yourself, how are you going to love your neighbor? If you cannot accept yourself, how God created you, how special you are in His eyes, how are you going to love your neighbor? Why, why, why is it so hard for some people to have relationships? They don't accept, they cannot love themselves. When you love yourself, God, thank you. I'm wonderfully made by you. I'm designed by you. My skin color, my hair. No, my hair I cut, lah, but that was my barber. He designed it. But the fact that I have hair, hallelujah, is <laughs> because of you. The fact that some of us don't have hair is also designed by Him. Amen? Love yourself. Thank you, Ravi. Come back later. <laughs> All right. Amen. I hope God is speaking to you this morning. Amen.
Point number three, new wisdom and boldness. Back to the story. First Samuel 11.7. So he took a yoke of oxen and cut them in pieces and sent them throughout all the territory of Israel by the hands of messengers, saying, whoever does not go out with Saul and Samuel to battle, it shall be done to his oxen. This was him gathering the people of Israel to unite, to go and fight for the brothers. The guys earlier, I told you, the guys I got threatened to take out one eye. So this is how he united them. He took a pair of oxen, chop it up, send all the body parts to everybody. Y'all don't come, I'm going to do this to your oxen. You know? And everybody showed up. 330,000 people showed up. Wasn't that good or what? That was the wisdom that he had from the new heart and boldness. Remember, this is the same guy when they wanted to anoint him and they wanted to proclaim him king, he was hiding in the equipment. Yes, he's tall, yes, he's big, but he was hiding. He was scared. But suddenly, he can threaten the whole nation. You all don't come, I'm coming after your oxen. Now chop it all up. And everybody shows up. Suddenly, he had new wisdom. He had new boldness. He knew how to unite the whole nation of Israel. He didn't have to do a campaign, a big campaign. Make Israel great again. <laughs> he didn't have to make posters. Uncle Sam wants you. No. He just used two oxen. Very low capital. Very good. But he did it because it was a new heart that God had given him. A heart of wisdom. A heart of boldness. In the same way God wants to give you this new heart, He wants you to be fearless for this next season. Amen? Amen? You're going to be bold. You're going to be able to speak. You're going to be able to see things clearly that you couldn't see before. How did one guy suddenly can unite everybody by doing a small thing? That was divine wisdom. Because you read about Saul earlier, he's not a very bright guy. He depends on his servant. But suddenly, he became wise. This is the wisdom of God. Amen? He's going to take you to the next level. You know? Another thing about Saul was he had haters. There were some people that didn't like him. Why does this guy have to be king? Just because he's handsome means he's king. Just because he's taller than me, he's king. Who is he? Why does he have to be king? The people who didn't like him. So when he came back from the war, all these mighty men, after they won, he came back. Then the mighty man says, hey, these are the guys that talk bad about you. Let's get them, let's kill them. Saul said, no, no, no. It's a good day. Let them be. It's a good day. We're not going to kill anybody. How are we going to react when the tables turn in our favour? When the people who treated you badly talk bad things about you, lied about you, spread stories about you, malicious people, evil people. How are you going to react to them when you have the upper hand? When God turns things around in your favour? Because things are going to turn around in your favour, amen? But how are you going to react when it happens? Are you going to be like Saul? It's a good day. I'm going to enjoy the spoil. I'm going to enjoy this victory. I'm not going to kill them. I'm just going to leave them be. Can we do that? Amen? We've got no time for revenge. No time to get even. Because this is also a test. And this will determine how well you do in the next season. When God sees you, hey, this guy, he let people go. He's a good guy. This guy want to take revenge. This guy, that means still I need to work in him. There are more things that are, that are not done in you yet. But you see, that's how God tests us. That's how God puts us to test. Don't plan on getting even. Don't plot against them. Things will turn in your favour. You know, this is what Jesus talks about, turning the left cheek. It's hard, yes. You've got every right <laughs> to suffer them. But we turn the left cheek. It's okay. I'm not going to allow this to 
to rob me of my joy. Amen? Amen? Ecclesiastes says this about wisdom. In, I love the message translation. It says, wisdom is better when it's paired with money. Especially if you get both while you're still living. Double protection, wisdom and wealth. Plus this bonus, wisdom energizes its owner. How good is this? How good is this? Double protection, wisdom and wealth. You know, this is, how, this is God's wisdom, how He wants to give us. blesses in every area of our life. This has, actually, this has nothing much to do with the message. I thought it's just really good, so I just slide it in. God bless you. So he had a bigger heart and, um, and he had a, a bigger compassion for people. No need to take revenge. It's okay. It's all right. Musicians can come up soon. But sad for Saul, his ending, the end of his life, the end of his career wasn't very good. He became fearful again. He became foolish again. He allowed fear to come in. He allowed pride to come in. He made a lot of bad decisions, you know. But um, we have something that Saul didn't have. We have Jesus and we have the Holy Spirit. Amen. You see, Saul had to still make sacrifices at the temple. We don't have to. Jesus paid the ultimate price for us. It's all done for us. So we don't have to fall like Saul did at the end. Unlike Saul, you are meant to end well, end strong, end victorious. We are meant to receive the new heart that he, that, that, that he has for us and step into all that He has for us. Amen? Amen? Ask Him for it, embrace it, guard it, activate it. It's time for us to allow God to give us this new heart. The Scripture talks about, uh, I'm changing your heart from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh a heart that's sensitive to me, a heart that's tender towards me. That's what God wants to do in this season. Amen. A new heart for the new season. Amen. Amen. Maybe it's time for us to renew our relationship with Him. It's time for us to have a fresh start of the Holy Spirit, fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I need your touch again. Maybe some of you haven't even accepted Christ as your personal saviour, maybe today is a good day to start again. Lord, come into my life. I don't know what is your, your struggles, I don't know what's your anxiety for the next year, but God has a new heart for you for the next season. Another heart. And with this heart comes wisdom, comes boldness, comes anointing, comes favour. So there's nothing to fear. Amen. Amen. We can get Pastor to come up. Closest with, come and bless us this morning. Amen. Thank you.